The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. I'm Toby Manhire and this is the second of two Gone by Lunchtime mini monopods to tide us through the summer slump until we return with the all singing, all dancing, or Annabelle, all Ben crew. This one is a bit of a hostage to fortune, a bit of a what was I thinking. Here's John Key speaking on February 2, 2011. 2011 being election year. And more prominently, if we're being honest about it, also the year that New Zealand hosted the Rugby World Cup for the second time. But in my view, we are hosting the largest event New Zealand has ever hosted. We need to make sure that New Zealanders prosper out of that event and that we showcase New Zealand to its finest. And I don't think there's a place for politics in that. And I think it's much better to give clarity for everyone so that we know exactly the order of events. So that was John Key, now Sir John Key, but then Prime Minister Key, announcing as early as February, when the election would be, a November election, November 26 it was, and he explained that it was because the World Cup and to provide people with certainty. It was significant because the norm had been in New Zealand politics, much like most Westminster systems, that the Prime Minister has the prerogative to call an election on a date of their choosing. It provided a tactical advantage It was seen as an opportunity to test the mood, to respond to the ups and downs in polling and to pounce, really, and just a sort of an advantage of incumbency. So we've seen that in a lot of different countries. Um, The Australians, who in their politics have never seen anything that they can't turn into a poison dagger, have used it particularly tactically. The UK too. The UK had a had a fixed term Parliament Act that it that that it introduced in 2011 to remove this, but then it ditched that, so it's it's back in the game. And it, currently, Rishi Sunak will call an election when he chooses. John Key changed things then in 2011. Um, at the time, he said, as you heard in that clip, that he wanted to <laughs> give people a bit of space after the rugby. And that it was in the country's best interest, which I think is which I think is true and fair. He stuck to that in 2014, uh, when he announced that partly because of the G20 that was being held in Brisbane that year, that uh, it would be I think it was a September election. Then don't hold me to it, um, but I th- yeah, so that there would be some clarity in terms of visitors from G20, but also so New Zealand Prime Minister could attend. In 2017, Bill English 
John Key's successor did the same. Three years after that, in 2020, Jacinda Ardern again announced after the first cabinet meeting of the year on January 28, the date of the election. Of course, that subsequently was uh, kicked a bit further down the road in exceptional circumstances because of COVID-19 lockdowns. But the same principle had applied, that it was laid out at the start of the year so everyone knew. There is, I suppose, some tactical advantage in doing it early on. I was listening back to that 2011 press conference from John Key, and the other thing he did then was announce that he would be having none of New Zealand First under Winston Peters. So it does enable you to set the narrative, uh, sort of define the terms, and get the attention, I guess, of of, of the country at the start of a year. Um, it also just has a sort of... Uh, sort of some sense of being a responsible statesperson, doesn't it, that you're kind of uh, providing clarity. And I think it's a good thing. This year, Jacinda Ardern has said she would do it again. So we do have a new norm. We do have a, I mean, it's not It's not really a, don't you can call it a convention yet, but it's moving that way. Um, funnily enough, in 2020, it was fairly easy for Jacinda Ardern to make that call because, uh, of course, it was things were going pretty swimmingly in the polls for Labour. It looked pretty, very highly likely that Labour would return. This time around, there would be a, a real advantage, I would argue, in waiting and putting your finger in the air in July, August, and seeing how the economic tide might have turned or not, and using that strategic tactical advantage. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. Jacinda Ardern has said that she will announce it. I think the first cabinet meeting of the year is on January 25. And so the chances are um, that we will find out then or thereabouts the date of the election. It does mean the fact that we now have these election dates announced in the early part of the year that we have to squeeze the political watchers game of date guessing <laughs> into the early part of the year too and that's the purpose of this mini monopod uh, to have a go at trying to circle a date in the calendar when we think the election might be even if we're humiliatingly wrong which is of course uh, a reasonably high possibility it's an interesting way to kind of cast ahead and look at the year and the different factors that surround the election and also uh, talk about uh, the All Blacks because uh, that is, of course, the constant in the New Zealand identity. Look, um, last time round, though, I did this exercise partly because Google got it wrong, which was entertaining, and announced um, when you put in New Zealand election 2020 into uh, the search engine, it returned Saturday, 21 November. And that error, which was that, you know, where it sort of pulls out text from somewhere or other, and in this case misinterpreted it, was then spread into various publications in New Zealand and around the world. Um, this time around, Google has it right. You'll be pleased to hear and that it says that the election must be held before... January the something, we'll get to that. Um, but I tried in the interests of testing human, uh, the human brain against the machine brain, I asked ChatGPT when the, to predict the date of the election, and it said that the election is currently scheduled to take place on September 23, which is not true. So once again, uh, humans defeat computers 
Well done us. When could the election in fact take place? Well, the latest day that Parliament can be dissolved, the 53rd Parliament, the current Parliament, is November the 20th, which means in turn that the latest day for the election is January the 13th, 2024. Obviously, the election is not going to be on January the 13th, 2024. It's also not going to be, it's pretty safe to say, it's not going to be in December. We haven't had a December election in this country since 1931, and uh when it was held in December in 1931, it was held on a Wednesday. So that's how far in the distant past that is. There's also, of course, the possibility of a snap election. It's unlikely and uh, it's not impossible. I mean, just because Jacinda Ardern announces a date and announces that she'll go to the Governor General doesn't mean she can't then change her mind and expedite it. But I think the fact of laying out a date early on makes it even trickier to call a snap election and you become even more vulnerable to the charge from the opposition that it's a, an act of desperation. So I would say that's pretty unlikely. If we look at the nine election dates under MMP since 1996, there was one which was a snap election that was held in June 2002. Helen Clark said it wasn't a snap election, it was an early election, but I think we're probably dancing on the head of a pin there. Apart from that one... We've had three September elections, two October elections, and three November elections. So I'm going to show my working. Let's look at the full list. We've got five Saturdays in September, two, nine, 16, 23, and 30, four Saturdays in October, and four Saturdays in November. The first thing that we're going to do, stay with me, is look at the school holidays. Term 3 ends on September 22, Term 4 starts on October 9, so that's out. We can draw a line through the three Saturdays of that break, which leaves us three dates in September, two in October and four in November, and then we come, of course, to the All Blacks. Now, there are no uh, All Black tests at home around that period because there's a World Cup in France. Uh, the In the past, it's been a sort of unwritten rule that you wouldn't hold an election night to clash with an all-black test. It does seem kind of crazy in a way, and I do think that the grip that all the all-blacks have over the nation of New Zealand is diminishing or becoming a little bit less deranged, which is good. Uh, but it was a factor. You didn't want to have the clash on the Saturday evening. There's none of that. But So it's, it's less, of a, less of a big deal this time. But at the same time, the final if I have calculated this correctly, is on Sunday, October 29th at 9am. So I think that is reason enough to cross out Saturday, October 28th. There's also a uh, Cricket World Cup, Men's Cricket World Cup, underway in India, which means the games will be overnight, I'm pretty sure, as they are in Pakistan at the moment, those one-day games. And I'm confident that various senior politicians, including Grant Robertson and Chris Bishop, uh among others, will find that that, if nothing else, makes them extremely bleary-eyed during the already bleary-eyed weeks of the campaign. What else? Well, now we're left with three September Saturdays, four November Saturdays, and one October Saturday. I am going to, at this point, uh, unilaterally cross out all the September dates. And the reason for that, touched on it earlier, is the economy. The general mood in New Zealand and around the world is that we are going into some pretty 
tough economic times. It's hardly going swimmingly at this moment, but the cost of living crisis and rampant inflation has caused central banks around the world, including in New Zealand, to whack up interest rates, and that is designed to probably cause a recession. Uh, The hope hope is that will be a relatively soft landing. It might be, it might get a bit ugly. Uh, What the government, the current government, the Labour government will be hoping is that at some point things start turning around. Jacinda Ardern and Grant Robertson will be looking for green shoots and the I think it's fair to say that those are likely to be visible later than the month of September and so that the spring of the seasons is hopefully reflected in the spring in the state of the economy, the broader political mood, the just general vibe of the nation. So September is out. Uh, Could be wrong. That leaves us with five dates, October 14 and those four in November. Again, It's getting tricky at this point, but we're going to delete October the 14th. Haven't got a super compelling reason for that, but if you mix together all those other things that we've talked about, um, it's sort of kind of proximate to the school holidays. It's a World Cup quarterfinals weekend, and it just doesn't quite have the same springy feeling of November. Remember, too, that the, the increase in advance voting over recent elections, and since they removed the requirement that you had to give a reason to cast an advance vote, we've had not simply an election day, but really an election period. And last time around, although it was probably impacted a bit by the COVID reality, we had a full two-thirds of votes cast as advance votes. That is not cast on election day itself. A week before election date half of the votes had been cast. So this means that when we talk about an election date, we're really kind of increasingly um, front-loading the campaigns because the contenders are conscious that people are making their decisions and indeed casting their votes well in advance of election day. So uh, that also means that when we talk about a September election date, we're kind of thinking about August and you know, August is, 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 of course, generally a pretty gloomy month in Aotearoa. So all of that taken together, I'm crossing out October 14. I'm left with November. So we've now got four dates in November, and this is really now in the territory of hunches and uh, conjecture, even more so than we have already. On the basis that we go as late as possible, on the basis that the thinking on the part of the Labour government, on the part of the leading figures there is we need to give ourselves as much time as possible to turn the tanker around, to, you know, return a sense of optimism to the mood of the country. On that basis, you would say, well, just make it the latest one. And that... That's that's a pretty that's a pretty strong case, um, as well as that leaving it as long as possible. It's 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 quite historically satisfying, insofar as the last Saturday in November for some time in modern New Zealand has just been been the norm from 1957 to 1981. That was the that was the tradition. Every election 
was held on the last Saturday in November. That changed in 1984 when famously Robert Muldoon stumbled out into the onto the tiles in Parliament and uh, slurred the announcement that a snap election would happen, saying it doesn't give my opponents much time either. And thereafter, it's been a mixed bag. Uh, we have had two last Saturday elections in the MMP era, however, in 99 and 2011. So it's a pretty powerful argument, isn't it? The last Saturday in November, November 25. A very, very good chance of that happening. But I don't know... Maybe I just feel it in my waters. I wonder if it will be that. I'm there are a few factors, and maybe I'm grasping at straws a bit here. But and I should say I've got absolutely no, I've had absolutely no tip-offs or intel on this. This is purely an exercise in gazing into a crystal ball. Um, a couple of factors though: the tertiary students are important to the left, particularly, and they kind of tend to disperse. Uh, in the second half of November, I think the last semester wraps up on in the middle of November. But of course, exams have already happened, and it's a, it's it's an important vote. We don't want to overstate it. We don't want to start getting into missing million canards, but that that plays a small role. Um, and practically speaking, there's also the question of what happens after the election, which we now take for granted. Almost always, well, always, because it happened after the last election, even though Labour got a majority in terms of negotiating a thing with the Greens, there is a period of discussions, a period of horse trading, wrangling, that happens in establishing the shape and the form of the government. Sometimes it takes longer than others. But you push towards the end of November, sometimes these things can drag on. That's especially true if there is a wait for the special votes to come in, if the special votes are material, if they have the potential to change, as they did arguably in 2017 when Winston Peters said, and fair enough, that the special votes could affect his uh, decision about who to go for. And that, that can take a couple of weeks for those special votes. And by special votes, we're, of course, talking about overseas votes, about people who vote in an electorate that isn't their own, and people, I think, as well, who enrol on uh, when they cast their vote who, who during the advanced voting period. All of that all of that is, comes into a special vote category, and those votes can take a bit of time to count. And the if that then drags things on by a couple of weeks. Then, of course, we're well into December. And, you know, you can get right up into the into the grill of Santa Claus. And that's not what people really want. So I wonder whether there's an argument for just pulling it back a little further, just to have a little more time. There's also, and I think I'm mostly joking about this, but you never know, there is 20, <laughs> November the 25th, will be the day before the Cricket World Cup final. And I, I know some of you will be just absolutely aghast at the idea that, that sports should figure into this, but there we are. Um, it, 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 could, it could play a small role, <laughs> maybe. The semi-final will be the weekend before. I guess maybe I am getting a bit desperate here, but I reckon not the first two Saturdays in November, not the last, but I'm going for... November 18. Could well be wrong, but I'm saying 
a November 18 election in 2023. We'll see. Either way, we will be paying close attention on Gone by Lunchtime, and I'm looking forward to Ben and Annabelle returning to keep me company. I am grateful to Sam Robinson for making these uh, mini monopods happen across Christmas. Happy New Year to you, Sam. Happy New Year to everyone who listens to Gone by Lunchtime. Talk soon. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.